big misconception, okay? You'll stay rich by owning real estate, but it doesn't necessarily get you rich, okay? Owning, owning a piece of real estate, it basically protects you against inflation. But if you don't do anything with that real estate, it's like having a savings account at like 3%. Like it, it, it doesn't do it for you in the long run. So what the distinction that I want to make is you get rich by owning a real estate business. What's up, everybody? My name's Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Shogren, here with my brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's going on, E? My brother. Life is a blessing as always. How are you today? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I got, I got booted out of my office over the last couple of days upstairs because we're homeschooling our son because of everything Ooh. going on. So yeah. my office got commandeered as a Montessori classroom now, and I am yeah. now down hey. in the basement making it happen so parents get a sacrifice man so that's it that's it, it is what it is you know um yeah man it's it's such an interesting time and i think a lot of people don't see the opportunity but it is such a like opportunity for you to kid right away teach your kids another way of living right like another reality as to what's possible and, and outside of the of the system and uh, we have some friends in in go abundance aaron I think he has like four kids or five kids and they're all homeschool and they've been homeschooled for, for years. I'm like, dude, that looks so awesome. That's because we get so much of our shitty programming from school. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see how it is for Caden, you know, it's going to be. Yeah. I have an unfair advantage though. Cause my mother-in-law is a teacher at the Montessori yeah. school. So I mean, I've got a, a, I've got that's, that's a trained Montessori teacher in my house, up, you know? So. Sometimes you get lucky like that, you know? <clears throat> um, exactly. But yeah, dude, it's uh it's amazing that life is changing, the world is changing. So it's gonna be um this next couple of years are gonna be fun. Um I was looking at Maddie A. Um we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he posted a Instagram story that one in four hotels are not able to pay their mortgage. Mm. so it's Sounds going like buying to, opportunity right and that's that's kind of what i wanted to say on here i'm like we're we're looking and by we i mean both mike and i in different market we're still very much looking in that niche boutique kind of style hotel 10 15 20 24 30 rooms so if you guys know anything anybody hears anything through the grapevine please let us know um because again it's unfortunate, but it's the reality of where, where things are going. And with what we know, I know we can turn around any property. So I've been actively looking for that down here in South Florida. Um, the market, though, it's crazy. People are coming yeah. in all cash. I, I was looking at a property and it got bought all cash. 95% of asking. So, wow. yeah. That's interesting. So, I'm not seeing that as much up here. I'm just seeing more owners that 
are still trying to get top dollar for their listings, even when they're sitting. So I'm just waiting it out. I'm like, okay. Like we put in yeah. a couple offers last week and you know, the owners are like, no, like we're all set. And I'm like, okay, cool. We'll let it sit. I mean, if somebody's willing to, to pay the premium that they're asking good, it just increases my asset value, but yeah, I don't see it moving at that price. No, for sure. So, so we're anyway, spot, man. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so today what we want to talk about where we're doing the, uh, the solo episode with E and I is <clears throat> there's a, there's this thought out there that you, that you get rich by buying real estate. And I want to clarify this because it's, it's a big misconception. Okay. You'll stay rich by owning real estate, but it doesn't necessarily get you rich. Okay. Owning, owning a piece of real estate, it basically protects you against inflation. But if you don't do anything with that real estate, it's like having a savings account at like 3%. Like it, it, it doesn't do it for you in the long run. So what the distinction that I want to make is you get rich by owning a real estate business. Okay. If you look at any of the major players that have built up substantial amounts of wealth and cash flow, okay, they, they created a business. So like, you know, one of my early mentors was Joe Fairless, right? I think he's got, I don't know somewhere between six and 8,000 apartments now. Okay. He is running a business, right? Like he's, he's leveraging investor capital to raise money, to find deals, to find properties that have either been mismanaged or uh, they've got low rents or they've got high expenses, or there's some type of play that he can come in as a business owner and increase the income and decrease the expenses, which then increase the value. Okay. That is totally different than just saying, I'm just going to go buy a bunch of real estate and somehow get rich. Because the reality is, unless you have a ton of capital, which would already make you rich, you can't personally afford to buy all the real estate you need to become financially free. Mm. Like you just can't. Like if you do out the math, and one of the presentations I do, it was like, if you wanted to make five grand a month through real estate earning like a 12% return, I think it was like you needed to make, I think you needed to have a half a million dollars like liquid to go out and invest all of it into real estate. I don't know a lot of people that have, well, I, I do now that I've been meeting with a lot of investors, but the majority of people are not sitting on a half a million dollars, mm-hmm. it, especially like working at a W2 job. And everybody's like, I want to get financially free through real estate. Okay, cool. There's vehicles to do that through certain real estate businesses, i.e. short-term rentals, right? Like, you and I have been in this business. I've been in it three and a half years. You've been in it like 10 years, but we both got in without any capital, right? Like we didn't have money to go out and like buy a bunch of properties, but we created a business where we could leverage other people's capital, other people's assets, other people's leverage and go out and create value. Like that is a a big distinction that most people don't understand. Like we get so caught up with like, what types of locks are we going to use? And like, well, you know, all the, all these different things without actually sitting back and thinking about like the business fundamentals, which is how can I create a business to maximize income, income, decrease expenses and generate cash flow? Because cash flow, I don't care what your net worth is on paper. You can't pay your mortgage with, with a net worth statement. Like you can't, like, I don't, I don't it doesn't matter. Like you need to generate cash flow. And a lot of people, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were looking at buying this property and it was like, he's like, well, it'll like break even, but you know, over time it's going to appreciate. I'm like, that's a dumb investment. That's a dumb investment. That's a wishful thinking kind of attitude. Like you have, you have one, 
you know, major issue go down, you got a furnace that has an issue or something like, okay, now you're coming out of pocket. You have one month of vacancy and you're coming out of pocket. Like it, it's not, it doesn't make sense. So what we want to talk about on this podcast episode are what are ways that we as short-term rental operators are maximizing the income from our business. And in, in our case where we, we kind of have a blend now of owning some and then co-hosting or managing some units. Initially when we were just co-hosting, like we were a service provider business. So we found owners that had properties and we provided a service to make them more money. Like if you look at some of the richest people on the planet, like the Ray Dalio's and the Warren Buffett's, they're investing other people's money and they got really good at investing other people's money. They didn't just start out rich, like investing their own money. Like they got really, really rich because they make a small commission on everybody else's money. And that's mm -hmm. all that we're doing. We're increasing an investor's cash flow and we get a piece of that because we're really good at what we do. And that's what everybody listening to this podcast is doing. Like you can yep. go out, whether you own it, whether you master lease, again, I don't love that model or whether you co-host, like you're, you're running a business, right? You can call yourself an investor. That's fine. But at the end of the day, you're a business owner. Mm. period. Yeah. I mean, think about it, right? Like one of our virtual mentors has been Grant Cardone, right? And we went to his, his conference and everything else. If you look at him, that's what he did, right? He used his money to buy properties and then he brought investors in, swapped out his money for investors money. And then he takes a little percentage, but he very much understands this concept of like, it has to become a business. Because even he knew, he's like, look, I, I put all this money aside, I invest all this money, and then there'll be a point that I'll spend all the money that I've saved up to invest, and then I have no more, no more cash, so I have to start all over again. And that's not, a feasible, that's not a feasible business model also, right? You need to just keep the pipeline going, and that's why, what he did, and look at him now, right? Like, that what brought the creation of Cardone Capital. Because at the beginning, he was just, I remember back, back in the day when he came on bigger pockets, he was just a real estate investor that used his own cash to, to buy properties. And then he's like, wait, if I use other people's money, I can keep my own cash, get a percentage of it, and I can scale and do it that much faster. Maybe that's what yeah. I should do. Exactly. Right? Exactly. It's all about leverage. So let's, let's talk about the, the, basically the business formula. How do you maximize your income and how do you decrease your expenses, right? Because at the end of the day, business is all about profitability. Yes, we want to make an impact, everything else, but if you're not profitable, you're not going to be in business for very long. Yep. So the, the big advantage that we have over traditional rentals is, is we go out, and I like to use the analogy of like, going to Costco and buying a case of 24 waters for five bucks. And then I go out and stand outside of Fenway park, you know, and, and sell them a bottle, sell, sell them for $5 a bottle, right? Like that's all that we're doing with short-term rentals. We're, we're taking this property that they used to sell by the year and we're selling it by the night. And by doing that, we can charge a premium for it. So we already have a leg up that we're charging premium rates just by shifting it from a yearly rental to a nightly rental, right? Like that's, that's like the core basics. But then I want to talk about some other ways that you and I have used 
to maximize the income once you're doing that model. And the, mm -hmm. the first one that I'll throw out and then I'll kick it over to you is leveraging dynamic pricing, right? Like for me, and I know you had a different approach to this, but for me, it was like, okay, why are these airlines and hotels and all these other places, like if I go to book their property or book this flight, like it's one price today and then the price changes tomorrow, it's because they're using dynamic pricing. And what that means is there's a software that is constantly assessing supply and demand. Like how many rooms are available? Uh, are there any events going on in town? Uh, what is this place charging what versus this place? Blah, blah, blah. There's like this, uh, an infinite algorithm that I could not possibly compute on my own. So I just pay a software 15 bucks a month to do it for me. And then it prices my properties for me. And I can go and tweak things and set some different customizations. But just by having a dynamic pricing tool, it is maximizing my revenue and my occupancy compared to 90% of people that are running short-term rentals. Yeah. And, and the beautiful thing is you can do it, right? Like you can do whatever you want, whenever you want. And the only other asset class in real estate that is similar in that ability is self storage units, right? As your occupancy changes, you can change your pricing, right? But then everything else on a regular rental, you can't really change that that much, right? Um, thing number two that I will go into right away that is very similar is all the extra little things that we get to, that we get to charge for. Like, mm. and, and where else do you have income? So if you look at a traditional rental, let's say that you charge first lesson security, maybe you charge a pet fee, but that's it. We can charge, we have the cleaning fee, we have the pet fees, we have all these other little services that can go into, and then that's really limited to the amount of things that you want to do, right? I know hosts are doing experiences now, and they all get tied to the Airbnb business, creating extra streams of income that if you would change the same property to just a regular rental, you're very much limited to the usual, right? At the most, you get a pet fee, and a lot of long-term investors are super excited because they're like, we charge a pet fee, we're making an extra, you know, some people charge it by the month, whatever it is, but the, the levels of, of extra fees that you can kind of build into that pricing is infinite. Yeah, it's infinite. I mean, we, we have like branded swag, we, we charge community fees at some properties, we charge property management fees at some properties, like there's all the additional little fees that you can tack on and like the cleaning fee is a perfect example. I see a lot of hosts out there, you know, they're paying their cleaners 75 bucks and they're charging the guests 50. I'm like you're out of your mind. Like why, yeah. why are you doing that? And they're like, oh, I don't think I could charge that. And I'm like, of course you can. Like you really think a $25 swing is gonna, if it is, then you don't want that person in your property. Yeah. You just, you just don't. So like if, if, I'm, if I'm paying my cleaners 75, I'm charging my guests 90 because that's also recouping supplies and a little profit for me for running everything. It's all yeah. just maximizing your revenue and finding different ways to do that. So we've got the dynamic pricing, leveraging all the different fees. Anything else that we can do to, to maximize our revenue, you think? I mean, I've, I've done in the past, talking about maximizing fee, I've done extra services. So before mm -hmm. Instacart was a thing, we used to go out and do groceries. So I would just send my cleaning person, my maintenance person out to do groceries and then we would charge them a convenience fee. So if it was like less than like 10 items, we would charge them $20. And 
And if it was over 10 items, we'll charge $40. So whatever the cost of the groceries was plus that. We do dog walking. Like there is all these other little things that you can do. Obviously though, again, the, the reason we're telling you this is to create extra roles in your business, right? Because don't take this as like me, myself personally, I wasn't going grocery shopping. I wasn't going walking dogs. I wasn't going, you know what I mean? I wasn't doing any of those things, but you can rent out like golf clubs. I used to have golf clubs that people could rent if they wanted to. And there are all these little things and it's just a matter of like, literally the more you see it and obviously don't start charging for everything, but like the more you see it, the more possibilities you have. Yeah, for sure. And I just want to highlight one thing that you said in case people missed it. It's like when you're brainstorming these things, you're not the one that's doing it. You're going to have people on your team, whether it's your cleaners or some of your local contacts that can go out and you pay them, you know, 15 bucks an hour or whatever, and they're happy with it or 20 bucks an hour, but then you just charge the guests 30 or 40, right? Like you, you're still making a profit on every single thing. And I think a lot of, a lot of hosts in this business, they love the hospitality, but what they're lacking, I don't want to say even lacking, but the one thing that they can work on is just like general by business knowledge of like, okay, how can I create more profitability for myself, for my owners? And how can I maximize my guest experience? Mm-hmm. So we talked about a bunch of different ways to, to maximize the revenue. And obviously without doing any extras, like you're still going to make substantially more. Like just the statistics on average, you make 30% more. We blow that out of the water because if you think about all of the folks on Airbnb right now, 90% of them are not running it like a business. It's just like a little side hustle and there's nothing wrong with that. But like if you put them against us or some of our peers that are running it like a true business, it's just a different level where like we've got, we're dialing it in. We're constantly focused on our revenue, our occupancy, like our guest experience, like we're maxing out this business. When you have 90% of people that aren't doing that, it skews all the results down. Right. So I know like as an example, we had a, an investor that was renting out a, a property for 2000 a month, that property, we got it to 60,000 a year. So we went from 24 grand a year to 60,000 a year. Yeah. Like nearly and, tripling. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's on the, on the income side. Now, if we think about the expense side, there's so many things. This is where a lot of folks I think are, are misled that like, Oh, this is way more work this is going to be way more expensive. Like I'm going to have all these additional costs. And the funny thing is, is I talked to a couple of my maintenance supervisors uh, at some of our properties and they're always blown away how mint the property looks like all the time. Like they get way more complaints and way more maintenance requests at the long-term rentals and the short-term rentals like bar none. It's not even close. And the reason for that is like, if you think of it, like, the last time you traveled, whether it was in a, in a hotel or in an Airbnb or VRBO, it doesn't matter. Wherever you stayed, you were traveling to go do something, like whether it was for work or whether to see family or go to an event or whatever. Like you traveled for something. Most people don't travel just to go camp out in a, in a hotel room or a short-term rental. They just don't. They're going there to do something. So there's way less wear and tear. They're in the property from like eight or nine o'clock at night till nine or 10 o'clock in the morning. And then they're gone. And the majority of that time they're sleeping. So they're not using most of the major appliances. Like there's not a lot of foot traffic. There's not a lot of use of, 
of the property in general. They're just sleeping there. Yeah. So there's tends to be way less wear and tear on the property. And yes, you will have, uh, depending on your market, you may already be covering utilities anyway with your long-term rentals. If you're not, yep, you're going to pick up the tab for utilities. But as far as like your supplies go, like I mentioned, we essentially bill that back to the guests through our cleaning fees. So like that gets absorbed right there. Yeah. Right. You can yeah. use your Wi-Fi enabled thermostats to regulate the temperature. So when it's not being used, you drop it down. When it's used, okay, cool. The guests can use it. And then you have it all, it all synced up. So like at checkout, okay, cool. If it's set at 66 right now, while the guest is in there and it's summertime, cool. Bring that up to 73, 74 till the next guest checks in and then bring it down to 70 or whatever. Like yeah. you can automate all that. Dude, that, and then just economy of scale, right? Like a way that you can, I mean, especially once you get to, to a certain number of units, right? One of my blessings has always been that I've always had a lot of units geographically located in the same area, right? So to me, I had economy of scale on almost everything. And now as the business keeps growing, there's more and more ways for you to do so. But I remember when I first started the business and I took over whoever, whoever owned it, out of, of convenience, he used to go to... Costco and buy soap and laundry detergent from Costco. But he would buy entire bars of soap, all these big things. So it costs a bunch of money. And then I used to do it the same way. And I'm like, wait, we're, we're in a hospitality company now. So just by doing that, now I buy like 800 soaps and shampoos at once, right? I buy paper towel, toilet paper. I get like seven, eight boxes. Like I get 1500 rolls of toilet paper, you know, but that's another way that you can really change your, on your expense size, because as we said, right, you can either make more money by charging more money or having extra fees, or you can drastically reduce your pricing. And then going back to what you said about the maintenance, that is so important that it's very different from a long-term rental is most people that come to your vacation rental, they care about their experience because they care about you leaving them a review, right? Which no long-term rental gives a shit. There is not a review system for long-term rentals, right? Like there is not something that is visibly like somebody applies to your apartment as a long-term rental. You don't get a thing being like, so-and-so did this, 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 and this, right? You have to call, get references. And then who knows if they're real reference, if it's giving you, it's like Uncle Joey's, phone number and you call in and be like, yeah, yeah, he used to live here. It's great. Right. On Airbnb, you get an actual host feedback of the experience. And a lot of the time you have that check and balance in there that goes back to what you were saying earlier, that ongoing property maintenance is completely different, completely different. And it's so much fucking easier to charge somebody for something. Because yeah. when after a year long tenant leaves or two years long, well, how do you determine what's standard wear and tear? Right? Because somebody can be like, that's what's standard wear and tear. You can't charge my security deposit. Airbnb is a completely different story, right? You have a third party, you provide evidence, which I mean, we were giving you all the systems for you to track and make sure that you have all the evidence you need. But hey, we had a no, no pet fee. They came in with a pat. This is the evidence. 
and you charged him. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And the beauty of this, like you said, once you take it to scale, like when we, when we got that boutique hotel, when you're looking at a business, whether it's real estate or business in general, you're looking at how much income does it make and how much are the expenses. And the greater the profit that you can increase, that's how business is valued. That's how commercial real estate is valued. It's, based on, it's valued based on how much cash it produces. So when you increase that cash, so when we looked at this hotel, I knew that we could increase the income by doing some renovations, leveraging some dynamic pricing and some different tools. I knew that we could get the income way up. I also knew that their overhead and their expenses were really high. And by leveraging all the systems that we use, we could get that way down because we don't need a ton of people there babysitting guests. Like we leverage all the same, the, the Wi-Fi locks, the security cameras, like, yes, it's an upfront cost to do all that, but it saves us in the long run. So yeah. if you're, if you're taking your expense ratio down from 60% down to 30 to 40% and you're increasing your revenue that much, I mean, that's how you'll, you literally create seven figures of, of equity very quickly just by doing that model. Mm-hmm. very quickly. And that's why owning a real estate business will, will get you rich. Like when yeah. you start partnering with, with investors or doing co-host deals, like you're building up cash flow, you're learning a skill set on how to increase people's income and profit and returns. Like that is one of the most valuable skill sets that you can learn in business period. Mm-hmm. And by doing that over and over and over again, you get really good at it. And then you develop the cash flow to go out and buy your own properties if you want to. And then that keeps you rich. But getting rich, you have to leverage other, you have to get creative and leverage other people's resources. Because most likely you're not making enough right now in your W-2 job to go out and buy enough real estate to become financially independent. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. And also if you're doing it that long-term way, right? What is your actual cash flow at the end of the day? Right. So if you're doing it long term and you're comparing apples to apples, you have a single family. Let's say that you do, you're like, yeah, but I have this money. I do want to invest it. That's great. Let's compare apples to apples. Let's say you have a long term rental and a short term rental for the same single family house. Well, you're going to make so much more money on the on the short term rental side that then that would allow you to, first of all, cash flow a lot more because a lot of my newbie investors that want to be short term rentals, uh, long term rental investors when they boil it down they're making what two three hundred bucks a month national average is a hundred to three hundred a month okay so exactly there right and then what happens when what you said earlier happens right like what happens when you get past your five percent given for the years to repairs and maintenance mm-hmm. and a water heater breaks that's 800 bucks you're making 200 bucks a month oh shit you just lost four months four months worth of cash flow yep right exactly like for us that's completely different because even if that does happen our cash flow off the bat it's so much higher right and then how long does it take us like i can make 800 bucks in with like a two-day rental or a three-day rental yep. right and going back to what's going to help you scale the most i look at my vacation rental properties as an atm meaning I keep refinancing them. So I do bet on appreciation. I do bet on making the business better. I do bet on making more money 
But every couple of years, I go to a bank and be like, hey, you remember me a couple of years ago? This was the business. This is the business now. Expenses are down. Income is up. I want to take out more money. And then my tenants pay the bill down. And then, you know, last time was 2016. So at least I did 2012, 2016, 2020. Right? So every four years, I go back to the bank. I'm like, hey, look, our business is better. We've done improvement. We've done everything else, which is the BRR method, right? Like that you hear about all the time. But this helps you do it so much faster because first of all, you make so much more money so you can make improvements a lot faster. You're making so much more cash flow. So on paper, your business, if you look at it as an actual business that makes a product, you're making more of that product, you're making more money, you're spending less money and your property has gotten improvements. Yeah. If one book I'd highly encourage people to read it, it's called The Millionaire Fastlane by MJ DeMarco. And it is an amazing book, uh, fantastic book. And, you know, it's got some foul language in there. So if you're easily offended, don't read it. But (laughs) I would would suck it up and read it anyway. Yeah. Um, And basically he just, if you, again, if you look at any of the wealthiest people on the planet, they all own businesses. They might happen to be in the real estate business, but you become wealthy, you get rich by creating and building a business, period. Like that's, that's how you do it. Whether you own real estate in the process, that's great. Real estate will protect your wealth. It will protect it. But you need to create a business to get to the wealth level first. It's that simple. Yeah. And so that was what we wanted to cover today because I, I've noticed there's so much push for people in the the real estate space where they go out and they save 10% of their income and then they wait till they have 20, 40, 50, hundred grand to buy a single family home or a small duplex. And then they cash flow. I don't know, 200 to 600 a month between the two units. And it takes you a long time to save up for another one. It just, it will work, but it just takes so damn long. Like mm-hmm. I didn't want to wait that long. Like, with the short-term rental model, without even owning them, we replaced my income, my wife's income, and my mom's income in a year and a half. And like I had a discussion with a, a buddy of mine. I think he's in his, I don't know, he's probably in his early 50s and he's been investing for like 15 years and he just got to the 5K a month mark, which is amazing. Like owning, you know, small multifamilies. And that's huge. And that's a lot of people's goal. But it took him 15 years. And like, I wasn't trying to be a jerk, but I'm like, dude, I did that in like nine months. Like, not, not in an ego way, but it's just like an epiphany moment of like, man, like I just, I wish people would understand the power of this model because it would speed up their goals like infinitely faster. Yeah. Like it's, it's not even close. And just, and, and it's just the power of compounding and understanding also like, it's just literally about what you know. So that is, that is your greatest gift in this, in this life. It's what you know, and but that's just the potential, right? But then how you apply it makes all the difference. So we have all known, I mean, you've all known, everybody knows that owning businesses is what gives you freedom, right? Because even if you are a high level paying person, let's say you do get paid half a million dollars a year, 
first of all, you most likely have a lifestyle that matches that you're getting paid a half a million a year. Right. Well, you're only going to keep half that. That's the problem with a W2 income. You get that taxed also, up the wazoo. Right. But then, but then unless you find a way to make that money really work for you and creating businesses, because how long can you be up on your feet making a half a million dollars a year? Right. And if you're happy investing with the eight, 10%, but you're still fucking working. And all like, there's never been a time better in our lifetime for you to be able to just say, I'm going to create this life the way I fucking want it. Cause there are so many ways you literally see them all the time. Like I see people hustling, like selling used books, selling, like you can fucking sell anything now. So it's all a matter of like create a system, implement it and think about it as a business. Cause if you think about it as a business, it also changes how you look at it. But then you have to also upgrade your belief system that comes with it. Mm. Yeah, because I you know, that. I love that. And there's a, there's a quote, I can't remember who said it, but, um, I wish I could quote him, but I don't, I don't know who said it, but I wholeheartedly believe it. And it says that the life and the relationships you want will be fueled by the business you build. And it is a hundred percent true because mm-hmm. if you build a, a business the right way, like we're constantly drilling in this podcast to create processes and systems and leverage team, you can create that time freedom because yes, the money's great, but if you don't have the time to use it and to spend time with your family and do what you want, it's just a high paying job, which is not the objective of starting this. It's just not. Yeah. So it's a golden prison, but it's still a prison, man. You know? Yes. If, if your life has bars around them and you're not really free, no matter if the bars are paper, plastic, copper, or fucking gold. If, yeah. if you're in a box, you're in a box. You know what yep. I mean? And, and the good thing is that people have been so ingrained and trained by our system to be worker bees. So literally all you have to do is just be brave enough to raise your hand, make a plan, and then work the plan, start a business, find the right people, encourage them, nurture them, give them a living. And most people are going to be happy because most people work their ass off for people that don't appreciate them. So if you can create a work environment where people feel appreciated and, and motivated and seen for their effort, they'll work for you for the rest of their life and they'll be happy because they're not willing to do this work that it takes to understand that there is another way. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but it's the reality that like, we need worker bees, right? That's just part of how the system is built. We can't all be queen bees. We can't all just sit back and enjoy and, and run a business, right? Well, maybe, but, maybe, who knows? I don't think we've maybe, ever, but I think I don't think we've ever that, tried. No, I don't think we have, but I think there are some people that literally just want to be, tell me what to do. Tell me where to stand. You need to hold the yeah. door, you need me to jump. What do you need me to do? And they'll do it. So upgrade your system and view yourself like the great philosopher Jay-Z says, you know, I'm a businessman. You know what I mean? Like you are a business. 
Mm. Be a business. You know what I mean? Like look at yourself as a business and everything else changes. I love it. I want to wrap it right there. And for, for everyone that is like, what are they, what, what do they mean by systems? Like what, do, what kind of systems do I need for a short-term rental business? We have a free, it's like 28 minutes long. It's short and sweet. There's no fluff. And I break down the systems that I've built in my business and E is starting to use a bunch of those as well over the last couple of years that there's four main systems that you need. And you can check out the free training. It's at strsecrets.com. There's a tab at the top that says masterclass. You can watch that. And then if you want to go deeper, you can set up a free 45 minute call with me. We'll do some strategy. And then we can talk about uh, the mastermind group that we run. So if you're curious and you're trying to figure out, all right, I'm running this property now, or I'm looking to start running properties or buy properties, just follow, follow the blueprint. Like just, you can try and go figure it out yourself or just take 28 minutes and just watch this video. So we wanted to save you guys a bunch of time. It's totally free. Check it out. strsecrets.com. Make sure you join the Facebook group. It's facebook.com slash groups slash str, sorry, st rental secrets. That was the only URL I could get. We'll link it up in the show notes. But what we're doing now is we're live streaming these into that Facebook group so that you guys can come on and interact with us and our guests at the end of each episode. And it's a chance for us to get together as a community, make sure that we're answering all your questions and give you um, access to all these amazing guests that we're bringing on the show. So make sure you guys check that out. Check out the YouTube channel. We're trying to get this out there to as many people as possible in all the different platforms. So, And guys, the thing that Mike says is so important and, and I have been kind of, my life kind of changed in the way of looking at that when I saw Mike get into this business years after I've done it, but with an intention of creating a business and creating the freedom, right? Because my programming was put your head down, work hard, be a good, be a good soldier, right? Be a good little soldier. Just do your fucking work, put your head down every once in a while, look up, see where you're at, see who's behind you, put your head back down and keep working. And that gives you a lot of satisfaction because you feel like you're doing a lot of things. But at the end of the day, if you're honest and audit your life, you realize that you don't have freedom. You're just trading tasks for that feeling of accomplishment, right? So you're in this endless wheel of just doing things, doing things, doing things, and not realizing and this doesn't change it, you're still going to be working your ass off, but is the intention behind it and who you're looking out for. So every day I journal and most of the times I'm like, who needs me on my A game? And a lot of the times it's the person, but a lot of the times I recognize that it's like, I need to be on my A game for myself, for my future self, because that's who's going to need it the most. Because then if you take care of you, you can take care of everybody else, right? but it's literally thinking and embracing this philosophy. Like I used to do everything. Maintenance Wednesdays. Like I used to do maintenance all around my properties on Wednesday, like dress, like a construction worker and do it. But I got so much satisfaction because I was like, I am doing the good soldier little thing. Right. But then I, I was limited. You tap out, you run out of time. Exactly. And you're not fucking good at it. Like I did a lot of maintenance that I was not fucking good at. You know how long it would take me to do things like painting walls. It's simple. 
on a on a logical way, I suck at painting walls. But you know the days I spent painting apartments because I couldn't spend the fucking eight hundred bucks that he needed to like hire somebody else that does in twenty four hours. Yeah. All Nobody right. gave me a medal. I wasn't getting no. any medals. You know. All right, let's wrap this one up again. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully this episode sunk in. Uh, again, really wanted to just distinguish what, trying to lay out a path for folks, trying to lay out a path for the listeners of like, how can I start to create real cash flow, real wealth for myself and my family if I do not have cash right now? And it's by starting this business and by following this process. It will happen very, very quickly if you put in the work and you set up the right systems and then, then you're free. But it's, you have to know why you want it and you have to be okay with it. And you don't have to go out and save all your money and try and buy as much property as possible. Like you can do that, but that is still going to be the slower way to actually generate enough cash flow for you to quit your job if that's what your goal is. So anyway, that's it for today, guys. Hope you had an amazing day and we will talk to you soon. Hey, STR Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes, and we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.